0: Be patient with us. And uh, for those of you who are, uh, your child is not here, be patient with the children. They're going to be a little squirrely because they expect it to go downstairs, and that's okay. And so I want you guys, parents, to know that if your child's a little squirrely and they get up and they get down, that's okay. We're not going to let that bother us, amen? And every now and then they need to be a big church because we want them to understand this is where they need to go, amen? So if, you're, if your child is bothering you trust me they're just bothering you they're not bothering me okay and so bring your kids to church this is where they belong they they need to be here and we love them uh and and if somebody gives you a a nasty look you tell me and i'll give them a nasty look okay let kids be kids all right and we understand that you know there's a certain level of decorum but uh kids need to be kids amen and uh if if you and I'll, i'll promise you kids if everybody acts right pj will buy you ice cream after service okay That's what he told me. That's not true, but still. Amen. It is so awesome to have you guys in the house of God this morning. We just want to thank our visitors uh, for joining us. We appreciate you being here. Uh, We look forward to getting to know you, and I believe that God is going to move in the house of God today. Amen? Amen. So, let's pray before we begin. Lord, I'm asking you for your anointing, God, because I feel this... Message so strong today, Lord, because of what we are going through as a nation, as a church. And God, I just claim your healing power over this body, God. I claim your protective power over this body in your name. Amen. I just have this weird feeling in me that September is going to be an amazing month for us. That God... That God is going to move in a way that he's never moved here at the Glacier Valley Church of God. And that, that's not against people who have been here before. No, 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 no. You've been planting the seed. It's time. I've got to be honest with you. It's time to reap. Amen. It is time to reap what God has for us. And you are here this morning because God has said, I want you to be part of the reaping process. Amen. And I just believe that God's going to do some crazy things. And guess what? If he doesn't do it during the month of, of, uh, of this month, in September, then we're going to ask for it in October. If he doesn't do it in October, then we'll ask for it in November. Amen? We're going to keep asking till we get what we need from the Lord. Amen? So I want to read a, I want to read a verse to you this morning. We're going to talk about Elijah this morning. And... Uh, it, it's this kind of a comical thing for me to talk about because I'm going to talk about ha- being blessed during a drought. And uh, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, we don't really have drought here in Juneau. Uh, I was telling somebody when it rains in Juneau, it starts raining on, on uh, January 1st to June 30th and then it stops and then it rains the next time, July 1st to December 31st. So it only rains twice. But uh, it rained it does, and and it was really weird this summer because we had those few days of sunlight, and I don't know if anybody else felt that felt this way, but I got a little uncomfortable with the sunlight. And I was like, "Where's the rain?" I'm kind of used to it now, uh, and uh, every, you know, my wife and daughter were happy about it. But I just kind of felt weird about it, the sunlight, and uh, I kind of went like this, you know, it's just weird to me. But so, but I'm going to talk about a drought this morning. When we think about drought, we think about uh, rain not coming, right? We think about uh, our our uh, plants and our growth not happening. And so in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, and Elijah, you guys remember Elijah, right? Elijah was a great prophet within the Bible, within the Old Testament. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab was the king of Israel at this time, and he says, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, man, what a great thought there. We stand in his love, Amen. We stand before him. And Elijah stood before the Lord. Praise God. There shall be not be dew nor rain these years except of my word. I've been uh, doing the one thing that I told you not to do. I told you not to watch the news. Of course, you don't have to listen to what I say, but you know, watching the news can be just depressing, can't it? I, uh, I try to, to balance it out. I'll watch Fox News and I'll turn it to NBC and then MSNBC and CNN, and by the time I'm done, I just want to start crying because the news is discouraging, isn't it? This news is just constant discouragement, and 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 it 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 seems like to me that both parties of our Congress, or excuse me, of our political system, are are trying to create this division within America by pointing out the other uh, party as evil. And, and it's just becoming more and more a divided nation. And, and to top all that, we have uh, I read this this week, and I told you this a few months ago is that families were paying $250 a month more than, than they were last year about this time. Now they're paying $750 a month more for their living expenses than they were last year. Can you imagine that 700? Does anybody have an extra $750? I know I don't, but in, well, you know what you do is you take that money from somewhere else, don't you? Because you're you're trying to live, and you're, ty- you're trying to survive, and there's never been such an erosion of trust in our government because of this. Now, I'm not here to get political. I mean, we can accuse each party of whatever we want to accuse them of, but there's still an erosion of trust. As a matter of fact, according to Pew Research, look at this number only 24% of people trust in the government to do the right thing at least most of the time 24% actually trust in our government now if you're wondering about that number compared to the 50s and 60s 75% of people trusted in our government over the course of 60 years we've gone to tremendous trust within our government to very little trust in our government And so when we face that, when we're looking at that, we see this animosity, we see this distrust, and we see one side saying this and the other side saying this, and we're seeing all these things that cause us to wonder and worry about our nation, don't we? More people are worried about our nation, and I hear the term all the time, we need to take our country back, we need to take our country back. Can I give you a little statement right here? We don't need to take our country back. We need to worry about our home, which is heaven. Amen? My home is heaven. Listen, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, I love America and I think we need to fight against the evil, but this is not my home, amen? My home is heaven and I want to take as many people as I can with me to heaven, amen? America's going to pass away one day. We're not the new Israel, we are America and I know that God has blessed us and I thank you for that blessing, but it is time to get our eyes off of our nation and onto Jesus, amen? He is the author and finisher of our faith. Now you're saying, wait a minute, pastor, does that mean I shouldn't vote? No, no, of course we should vote. I'm not not telling you to abdicate your civil responsibility, but what I am saying is we need to quit worrying about the things that can't be changed because this nation, because of our sin, is in decline, amen? We have openly sinned, and God is eventually going to judge that sin. We need to worry about transforming this city, transforming this church, transforming this state to the arms of Jesus let. Letting people know one more time Jesus loves you, one more time he cares about you, and I want you to go to heaven with me, amen? I don't know about you, but I don't want to be stuck down here longer than I have to be. God has prepared a place for me, and I'd intend on going in there and living, amen? Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Yesterday, as you heard, was my birthday, and my wife asked me what I wanted, and I said, you know what I want? I just want a day of rest. I just want to relax a little bit. I just want to sit here and watch college football all day. You know what I did? I watched college football all day, amen? And my Tar Heels beat the Appalachian State, Georgia won. It was a good day for me, amen? I was enjoying my day yesterday, and I thought to myself, one day, one day, praise God, I'm going to enter into my rest, but it won't be at home watching TV. I'm going to enter into the rest that God has designed for me, amen? I'm going to enter into my rest because even though I didn't do anything yesterday, I was still tired at the end of the day because my body is getting older, (laughs) praise God. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, you're only 52, you're just a baby. Some of you are going 52, wow, you're almost halfway dead. Uh, Somebody told me this morning I won't mention their name because I hate them. I'm sorry, I do. (laughs) He said, you're closer. To a hundred than you are when you were born. It was nice knowing Will. <laughs> and he enjoys, and you're like right behind me, too. So you know. I'm gonna say that to you, right? Man, that really hurt. Because you know, we get older, amen, and our bodies break down. Praise God. But this is not my home. Amen. I want you to understand, this is not my home. In this country, we're starting to see things that we've never seen before. It, was, it wasn't just because of COVID, but I'm going into the grocery store, and I'm seeing shelves emptied of things that I've never seen it empty before. Right now, major cities are dealing with not having water. Have you seen what's going on in Jackson, Mississippi? A major town, and they're running out of Water. You look at Lake Mead, the levels of Lake Mead are tremendously down, and they're actually uncovering bodies in the lake because of things that were done long ago because the rain is not happening in the southwest. Brothers and sisters, we are a nation that is heading down a path of retribution with God. Amen. We know that is coming, we see it coming. Amen. Now, that doesn't make me happy. I'm just telling you, this is what's happening, right? It's evident. It's evident you can call it climate change, you can call it whatever you want. I'm calling the withdrawal of God from this nation, amen? God's hand cannot be in our nation when we openly endorse and embrace sin, can he? See, just like the Israelites, they were openly endorsing, embracing sin. King Ahab married a woman from a country that God said don't marry them from, but he did it for political reasons. Brothers and sisters, there's things that we do in the church to make the church look better so we don't appear bad to anybody else. We, we kind of compromise our faith so we don't appear so, so uh, what's the word, fanatical? Listen, I enjoy being called a fanatic for Jesus, amen? I enjoy, go ahead and call me a fanatic. I am a fanatic, because a fanatic means that I'm in love, and I serve, and I do what the Lord wants me to do. You can call me that all you want, amen? I, I love being called that because I love Jesus, and I love God, and not only do I love God and I love Jesus, but I love you, amen? And I believe that God wants to move in your life today. May we all be fanatics for him. May we all give him our best, amen? But Israel, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. This woman Jezebel, you heard about her. She set up Baal images of, of a false God, an agricultural God. And, and this God, this agricultural God, if you pray to him, your crops will be blessed. That was the very thing God attacked when he said, I'm not going to send you water. I'm going to show you who God is. Amen? And Baal is not God. There are things in our life that we set up thinking it's going to bless us. If I rub this, I'll get blessed. If I, if I do this, I'll get blessed. Brothers and sisters, the only way you're going to be blessed is to give. Give yourself to God this morning. Amen. Yeah. Listen. Quit listening to those wives' tells and those old tells that we do. If you do this, then your life is going to be okay. If you forward this email, you'll not be cursed. If you, if you forward this Facebook post, then you'll be okay. None of that is of God, amen? I don't care if it looks like God. It is not of God. There is only one way to heaven, and his name is Jesus, amen? There is only one way to be blessed, and that is to put yourselves in the arms of a loving father this morning. We need to quit playing church and be the church. Amen? We need to quit playing church. We need to quit fooling around. Some of us only talk to God one time a week, and that's on Sunday morning. Some of us only read the Bible one time a week, and that's on Sunday morning when it's actually read to us, brothers and sisters. We wonder why we're not receiving spiritual blessings in our lives is because we're not putting in the work to get it done. Amen? If you want God to bless you, then you got to put in the work. You got to do what God says to do, and that is to read His Word, pray, and guess what? Attend church. Do you know why attending church is important? Because there's fellowship in that, amen? There's fellowship in that. When you come and I see you, man, my heart gets happy, amen? When you're not here, my heart gets sad. There is something about fellowship. There's something about that that unity that we have, amen? It doesn't mean we're going to get along all the time. Did you know that? Some people don't go to church because they say, well, I don't get along with that person. Man, that's the reason to go to church. Because God does an amazing thing about healing relationships, amen? God needs to heal some relationships in here today, amen? You know, listen, we're not going to always get along. Sometimes, sometimes brothers and sisters fight, don't they? Come on. Sometimes we fight. See, I didn't have a brother and sister. I just had a dog. And we fought. And my mom and dad would get upset with me. You know whose side they would choose? The dogs. The dogs. I'm not bitter about it. I'm just telling you facts. Amen? Amen. And so I want to share with you this morning is we're not going to always get along. Sometimes we're going to be upset with one another. But the Lord says, come into the house of God. Blessed are you when you come into the house of God. This is the house of God. Somebody tell me, So many people tell me, well, I can have church at home. No, you can't. That's not church. That's you alone. The Bible says when two or three are gathered in my name. Right now there are two or three gathered in his name. There's more than that. Amen. It is time to have church. See, this woman, she introduced Baal, which was an agricultural god. She introduced a god called Ashurath, which was a sexual god. And the children of Israel went into worship. It started at the top. And they went into this worship that was not of God. I'm going to tell you something this morning, that if you worship another god, God will not be a part of that. I want to make sure you understand that, okay? If you worship another god, God will not be a part of that. I'm going to say it one more time because I want there to be some emphasis here. Amen. If you worship another God, God will not be a part of that. Amen. Oh, pastor. Oh, pastor, I don't have another God in my life. Really? Let's look at your checkbook. I bet we do. Come on now. Of course, some of the young people go, what's the checkbook? I have to to be conscious of my audience. Some of you know, if you know what a checkbook is, raise your hand. Okay, good. Some of us are old. We understand that, right? I said checkbook to my daughter the other day. She's like, what's that? And I forget. They just have a debit card, right? My son, I had to show him how to use a debit card. My daughter's like, I got this. I will not hear the end of that for the rest of the day, but that's okay. Amen. When we look at our finances, we give money to what's important to us. Amen? Amen. We give money to what's important to us. It shows who we really are. How you spend your time is who you really are. Amen? How you spend your time is who you really are. I want to tell you this morning, it is time that the church forsake the idols. Amen? If you don't want revival in your life, then you've got to forsake the idol. And let me tell you, if you don't know what the idol is in your life, let me give you a little hint. Why don't you ask God and he'll tell you. I want to let you know that right now. You ask God, God will pull up the flashlight and say, here it is. Here it is right here. I made the mistake of asking God, God, what do I love more than you? And man, he was quick on that prayer. Man, that was rough. I didn't like that. It's like, God, make me humble. Okay, I got you. Right? Listen, there's certain prayers that God asked quickly. And then I said, Man, he answered that quickly. God, give me a million dollars. That one he hasn't answered yet. I even promised him, I said, If I get a million dollars, I'll give you 50. No, that was a joke. I didn't do that. In Israel, they started serving these other gods. You know what God did? God withdrew himself. See, a lot of people think that when they're going through something, they think that God is punishing you. Listen, it's not about God punishing you. And I want you to hear me when I say this because we're living in an age right now where God is not in a wrathful state, it is not punishment. There's coming a time of wrath and punishment. And and if you think. What we're going through right now is punishment. You haven't seen punishment yet, what God's about to do, amen? But what God does instead, and I want you to hear me when I say this, is he pulls back from you. Now, I want you to know that's a scary thing when God pulls back from you. When God pulls back from you, there's a void in your life, and you know what we do? We fill it up with things that are not of God. Come on now. We start watching all these religious shows thinking that that makes us okay. We start doing all these things that seem spiritual, but they're not spiritual because we're not in relationship with God. Amen? See, the Israelites, they were still going to the temple, but you know what they did? They set up the altar of Baal in the temple of God. Some of us carry around our idols with us, and we bring us into church, and we wonder why we can't worship because the Spirit of the Lord has pulled back. The pastor gets up there and says, oh, I feel the Spirit of God, and we feel nothing because God has withdrawn from us but let me tell you right now there is a way back to the father amen God's not going to hold out from you God is not here God is not here to hold back from you he lovingly longs to put his embrace upon you he lovingly longs to put his he says just tell me you're sorry and it's okay I'll rest. you ever tried someone telling someone you're sorry and they don't trust you or believe you or forgive you you ever done that before You ever said, hey, I'm sorry. No, you're not. Or I don't believe you. And it takes a long time to get back in their good graces, don't they? Or isn't it? But man, that's not true with God. You know what God does? God, and he talked about this with the story of the prodigal son. God, oh man. God runs to you. Come on. God runs to you. Listen to me, don't you? God runs to you. Nobody's ever run to me. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? God runs to me. He runs and he puts his arm around me and I start confessing, God, I'm terrible. I'm not worthy to be your son. He just, hey, be quiet. Come on, guys. Let's kill the fatted calf. Let's, let's do this. Let's, let's restore, amen? You understand this morning that God is about restoration. God is about healing. God is about taking you where you are and putting you where you need to be, amen? God is about taking you out of that miry clay and setting you on the rock, amen? Now, here's the thing is some of you need to quit jumping off the rock in the miry clay, Okay? You need to quit doing that. That'll make your life so much better, okay? If you continue to jump off in the Monterey clay, you're going to get stuck, amen? But the Lord's going to pull you out of that today. He wants to remove the drought from your life. He wants to bring rain to your heart. Amen? He wants to bring rain into your lives. Brothers and sisters, I understand where we live in Juneau, but I want you to hear me when I say this this morning. Some of you are going through a drought because of things that you've done in your life, things that you're facing. But brothers and sisters, I hear the rain clouds forming in heaven right now. I hear the rain clouds forming and rain is coming to your heart this morning. Rain is coming to your soul this morning. It is time for renewal this morning. Amen? It is time for restoration this morning. I want you to know when you go through the drought and you're within God, God will take care of you. Did you know that? Our nation's going through a drought right now. You can see that. Nations have passed us. Never happened before in the past 60 years. Nations have passed us And the superiority, we're no longer the premier nation that we were. Now China and even Russia has passed us. Our nation is going down. But God, hear me when I say this, God is going to take care of you. Listen to this. When Elijah declared that there was going to be a, a famine, no rain, Initially, God sent Elijah to a brook, and he commanded that the ravens bring him bread and meat in the morning and evening. I don't know about you, but that just blessed me about the ravens, amen? The ravens are such resourceful animals, but the fact that they would bring him meat and bread in the morning, that's incredible to me. They brought him sustenance, amen? Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand this morning, when you're living for God, when you've given him everything you have, God is going to supply that need in ways that you've never imagined, okay? God is going to use whatever means necessary to take care of you. We are going to get through this together, amen? God's going to, you don't have to call the church and ask for money. No, God's going to take care of your need His way, amen? God, the Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs, amen? Now listen to what I said. Did He say some of your needs? Did He say a part of your needs? He said, no, my God shall supply what? All. all. You guys are kind of quiet. Maybe you don't believe it. My God shall supply... We're getting better. All my needs. You know what my needs are? My needs are financial. My needs are food. Praise God for food. Somebody said, I look like I lost weight today. I know they were lying, but it felt good. (laughs) Praise God. Lying in the house of God. Sometimes when you're talking about somebody's weight, it's okay. (laughs) He stayed at that brook until the resources dried up. The brook dried up. I think one of the toughest things in serving God is believing God he's got you in this moment, right? When he said he's going to take care of you, but you're watching those resources slowly go down. You know what I mean? You got that savings account? You got this set aside? God, I believe that you're going to take care of me, but Ever so slightly you start going through those resources. You start going through that faith, and you start and seeing this brook go down and say, Okay, God, you can fill this brook up. Okay, God, you can you can do this now. I'm waiting on you. Okay, God, I'm waiting. Anybody ever been impatient with God? I'm I'm raising my hand, and we should all be raising our hand, amen? Where we can be impatient with God. God, I I'm trusting you, but uh Come on. And then you you pray a little bit. God, I believe in you, but you got one eye and you're looking at the brook and it's still going down. That's when it's tough to believe in God, isn't it? It's tough when that rubber hits the road, so to speak. It's tough when things don't go the way that you want it to go. Anybody ever wonder why God doesn't work the way that you want him to? I've had it all planned out. I said, God, I've got this whole situation planned out. If you'll just do it the way that I said, we'll be okay, right? And God's like, nah, I'm not doing it that way. Why? Because I'm going to give you a little secret. Are you ready? It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about somebody else. We're going to find out about that in just a moment. Sometimes God wants to bless somebody else through what you're going through. Sometimes God wants to use you in the midst of your trial, your frustration, and bless somebody else. Because whether you realize it or not, brothers and sisters, people are watching you. People are watching you. On Monday, I got the notification that somebody was, or the flood was happening in the church. I get a little text. And whenever a text message comes, I know that I have two minutes to get here, and in those two minutes, over 100 gallons, 100 gallons of water went into our basement. That's how much water we have to contend with, and we're still trying to figure it out. Dave was here helping me, and, and uh, Richard, and I appreciate the men and, who were doing that, but we were going through that, and as I was rushing to get over here, I may have broken a few speed laws. Uh, I'm just going to be honest. I broke some speed laws, and there was a guy in front of me who felt like it was his job to go slow so that I would keep the law. I kid you not. And so at, to help him understand that I needed to be there, I got a little close to his bumper to say, hey, I need you to hurry. Amen? I was Praise God, I was doing the right thing. I was helping him to understand. And so I thought maybe he would turn to the right or turn to the left or basically just get out of the way, especially when I was... T- doing this right and i and i i was like praise god move you know and and he didn't hear me and so he actually slowed down water's going into our basement and this guy is slowing down lord help me jesus i'm going to kill him <laughs> and so i thought we're going to get up to Hall road and and Hall loop and, and he's going to turn to the right no he turned to the left the exact way i was going I felt my blood pressure actually rise because I knew what was happening in the church and I was holding my steering wheel and and I felt like I ripped the steering wheel off. Nobody's been there but me, right? Nobody else faces this when they're driving. And so I I said, okay, I'm almost to the church. I'm almost there and I'm stressing out about the water and and, uh, and, and I thought he's going to keep going and he turns right into Thunder Mountain Road. Y'all, And I said, okay, he's going to go forward down to, these, uh, down to these mobile homes down there. The dude turned into our church. <laughs> and I said, oh, dear God, he's probably going to want to fight me. And he got out of his car, and I said, okay, it's on. I hope Nick's home. I hope Richard's here because it's going to go down. We're going to slap hands. I don't know. All right. And I I know video is going to be taken. I'm going to get in a fight, and the water is going to be flooded. It's going to be all over social media. I got out of my car ready to fight. He goes, oh, you're Pastor Green. I was like, oh, man. (laughs) And, of course, I had to put on my spiritual face. Yes, yes, I am. Yes. Bless you. (laughs) He goes, well, I, I, was, I pulled in here, I asked him if he was okay, he goes, yeah, I just pulled in here because my brakes weren't working, and, and I just wanted to make sure I was okay, and of course, you know, I felt totally horrible saying that, right, and I said, and I'm like trying to rush into the water, right, because in my mind, the water's up past the classrooms and creeping up through the floor here, in my mind, that's what, isn't the situation always worse than what we think it is? Come on, it's never as bad as it seems, Right? And so I'm worried about the water. I imagine opening the door, and the water comes spilling out. <laughs> and the guy goes, by the way, I enjoyed your sermon when you were at our church. <laughs> I went and preached to his church, too. And I said, oh, God, man, you taught me a lesson. People notice us, right? They notice us. They notice when we're frustrated. They notice when we do things. And I, and I, I tried to be... A, May I pray with you before you leave? You know, I just, I tried to be super, but I made, I basically, you know, embarrassed myself, right? And I share that with you to let you know we all do it, we all mess up, we all, we don't realize that we're being watched. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know when you're going through something that God has a bigger plan than what you're dealing with. Oh man, I want you to know that God's got you, amen? God's got you, God's got you. And I love what happens next. God told Elijah, he goes, well, it looks like your resources are dried up. I'm paraphrasing here, okay? God says, huh, looks like your resources are dried up. And Elijah, I bet, thinking, you think, God? (laughs) Where are you? And God, see, God's got everything already worked out. God says, I want you to go see this widow. Now, In those days, widows couldn't work. They couldn't go out and earn money, and she had a son. Would you think that would be the right place to go to earn a living or to be taken care of? No. God sent him to the one place where someone could not provide for him. Now, There's something spiritual here. I want you to hear me. When God takes care of us, he's going to make sure you know He's going to make sure you know that it is him taking care of you. But when he does, he blesses everybody. Amen? He blesses everybody. He didn't send it to a rich person or a persons of means, but he sent it to this widow. This is what Elijah does. He calls out to her for food and water. Can you imagine that? Listen to this in chapter 17, verse 12. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. This is a physical need, but it's also a spiritual need. I want you to understand, spiritually, what's happening right now in our town, there are people on their last leg. They don't have anything left. They don't have anything left, and they're they're barely hanging on, and they need to know that somebody loves them. They need to know that somebody's going to reach out to them and say, it's going to be okay. You may have the flour and the oil. See, that's the the beginning of the Holy Spirit dealing with their life. But God is ready to come in and take something that was nothing and make it into something. Amen? He's going to make it into something. And I want you to know, I want you to know this morning, and listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to the pastor. Some of you may feel that you don't have anything left. And you have no idea what God's about to do in your life. You have no idea. But, you've got to trust Him. Listen to what else is said here. He says, I want to eat it and die. And this is what Elijah says to her, verse 13. He says, Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Fear. Fear is a crippling thing, isn't it? Fear is a crippling thing. I, I've seen people who have had traumatic experiences in their life, and it binds them up, and they can't even move. They can't even go forward. They, they're stuck in their tracks. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, this morning, God... His will is not for you to be stuck in your tracks. God's will is for you to move forward, amen? To move forward, stop being stuck. He says, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. Isn't it will that, or Isn't it unusual that God says, bless first and then you'll receive? Isn't it weird that God says that? I've had so many people say, "Well, I don't want to go to church there at Glacier Valley Church of God because they talk about giving." And let me be very clear when I say this: if you want God to bless you, then you've got to give. You got to give, amen. And and let's let's be clear: you're not you're not making pastor wealthy through all this, okay? I, I just want you to know: you're not making me wealthy. It, as a matter of fact, at this point, I don't even take a paycheck. There's there's other ways that you take care of me, but I want you to know it's not just going into some well and somebody's getting rich. No, we are operating the kingdom of God at this church. But we don't even do it for that reason. We give because God's gonna bless. Amen. But it's not just financially we got to give of ourselves, amen? Some of us are holding back. Maybe we're okay giving financially, but we're holding back. We don't want to insert ourselves because we've been hurt in church before. Let me tell you, has anybody been hurt in church before? We've all been hurt in church, amen? But that's when forgiveness needs to come in, amen? Scott, I read about that this morning. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, then I'm telling you, you are missing out on the blessings of God this morning. Amen? You are missing out. We come into church and we give ourselves. We don't give ourselves to me. We don't give ourselves necessarily to this building. The church, we give it to the church because that is the bride of Christ. Amen? We give ourselves to Jesus. Amen? Praise God. We want to give ourselves to God. Amen? Amen? We want to give ourselves to God because when we go all in, now listen, this lady, she had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil and probably enough for one more meal and the man of God says, give it to me first. Is it just me or did that take some faith? Give it to me first. You know what I would say if it was me? I'd say, no, I'm going to take care of my family first. And see, some of us say that. I I want to do things in church, but I'm going to take care of my family first. Listen, that is not the order of God. Did you know that? The Lord says take care of him first, and he'll take care of your family. He'll take care of your family. Amen? He'll take care of your family. Some of you have been praying about your children or your grandchildren being saved. And listen, let's be faithful And then let God take care of that, okay? Listen, whatever you do that you're faithful, and you are a faithful church. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just encouraging you to be faithful. When you're faithful to God, then he'll take care of the rest. That's who God is, amen? That's who our Father is. And then he continues, and he says this. And afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, verse 14. Man, I feel like this is a prophecy over our church right now. So hear me when I say this. The bin of flour shall not be used up. (laughs) Praise God. Can Can I just take a moment and enjoy the spirit right there? When you're faithful to God, the bin of flour will not be used up. Yesterday for my birthday, my wife made biscuits and gravy and sausage. And I washed her with the flour. She's taking it and she was doing her magic. And, and and I was sitting there watching the biscuits be made, and I was salivating. And, and I say, can I have more biscuits? She'll say, well, I have to do it later because, you know, you, you've had enough. <laughs> she put a limit on me. I said, that's not of God. You don't need to put a limit on me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really say that. I wanted to. I was afraid. But the Bible says that your bin of flour will not be used up. We go to the store right now, we see empty shelves and the fear kind of anxiety kind of sets in our heart. But I want to tell you this morning that the grocery store may not have it. But I will tell you, my God shall take care of you. My God shall take care of you. My God, Listen to me. My God will take care of you. Amen. My God will take care of you. I have a prisoner that calls me every so often. He's down in Washington. He's the brother of somebody I knew in Fairbanks. And I've been working with him, praying with him, and he's getting out of jail really soon. He made some bad choices. He's getting out of jail. And he called me yesterday, and he wanted to talk to me. And he'll just call and talk to me sometimes, and, you know, we'll minister to him. And he called me, goes, hey, Pastor Keith, I know you got to go, but can you do me a favor? I said, well, sure. And I, and I thought, you know, usually when somebody asks me for a favor, they want me to send them money or they want me to arrange for a flight. Or, but no, that's not what he asked. And I said, well, I'll try because I was trying to be prepared. I was like, I may not be. Oh, no, you can do this. So I'm like, oh, man, here we go. He's going to ask for money. He's going to do this. And, you know, but you know what he asked me for? He says, can you pray for me? Come on now. Let me explain what he said. He said, listen, I know when I was in jail and I called and I talked to you, you started praying for me. And can I tell you, pastor, that prayer thing works? I don't know what you're doing, but my life is so much better now. I have a better outlook. Yes, I'm in prison, but I'm telling my fellow prisoners about Jesus. Oh, by the way, when I get out, I'm going to go to church. Brother, I need you to pray for me. Will you pray for me? I've made some bad decisions. Will you pray for me? And he started talking about missing his daughter because he's not allowed to go see his daughter. And there's some tension there between him and his his ex. And I say, brother, I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, if you give yourself to him, that will come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, when you pray, amen, when you pray, God is going to do amazing things in your life. There's amazing thing happening in this young man's life. He may never come to church here. And guess what? It doesn't matter. But he's part of the kingdom of God tonight. Amen. He's part of the kingdom of God. And I want you to know, when you give yourself to Jesus, when you give yourself to the Lord, give yourself to him first, amen? And don't give him just part of yourself. Give him the whole self, amen? Give him all of yourself, amen? Listen, just in case you didn't know, we're Pentecostal. You know what that means? It's like exercise in church, right? We raise our hands. Right? For some of us, that's pretty good. Right? And we get some exercise. Sometimes we'd kind of jump around a little bit. They were telling me downstairs when they had children's church, it sounded like we were coming through the floor. Right? Don't worry, this floor can hold it, okay? And if not, we'll get a new floor. Amen? Listen, we raise our hands, we shout, we jump. We need to leave here tired and exhausted because we're giving ourselves to the Lord. I can tell some of you right now, I can tell some of you right now are kind of holding back a little bit. God, I need you to do this in my life first. No, 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 that's not what he said. He said, give first, and I'm not talking about just financially. I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking about physically. Give first, and I will not only supply your need, but you shall never want again. Praise God. He says that I'm going to take care of you. He says, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry. By the way, oil represents the Holy Spirit, amen? The Spirit will never run dry in your life. Can I say that again? The Spirit will never run dry in your life. In other words, you're going to feel God when you wake up. You're going to feel God at noonday. You're going to feel God in the evening. You're going to feel God in the middle of the night, amen? You're going to feel God all day long. But you're going to walk by somebody, and they're going to say, wow, God is with them, Amen? God is with them. I don't know about you, but I need to feel God. You know, I love the song that Julie did this morning, the breath. You're my breath. I have to have breath in the morning. I need God in my life, amen? Maybe you don't, but I do, and I'm telling you, you do, amen? You need God in your life. He says, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. In other words, how that applies to us, the Lord is coming back for us. Amen. amen. I'm not sure if you heard me because you guys are kind of quiet this morning, okay? Pastor, I don't like to shout, but then don't go to heaven because we're going to be shouting up there, okay? I'm just being honest with you. Amen. We're going to be shouting and jumping. Pastor, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that kind of worship. Well, get used to it, amen? it's really funny, we had a visitor here a while back, and they belonged to a church that's very quiet, very soft-spoken. And they told me this, and I said, well, I want you to understand we're Pentecostal. She didn't know what that meant. She found out real quick. <laughs> they were like this in their seat. Oh, Lord, what am I doing? I didn't apologize. I warned her, right? What can I do? Right? But praise God, we're going to be running and jumping and shouting. Well, Pastor, I can't move because of this, that. Listen, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord, okay? Listen, I'm going to tell you, sometimes you walk in here full of pain. Sometimes you walk in here hurting, and you walk out feeling great, amen? It's about giving yourself to the Lord, amen? All of yourself. Don't just attend church. Be the church, amen? Be the church. Praise God Almighty. Hallelujah. I feel Him this morning. See, when we take on the attitude of no matter what, I'm giving myself to the Lord first, He starts to move in your life. We don't come into church saying, what song are they going to sing so I can get my spirit on? No, we come in with the Spirit of God already. Amen? Amen. We don't have to say everybody clap your hands because you're already clapping your hands. We don't have to say everybody raise your hands because you're already raising your hands. We don't have to say shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph because you're already shouting so loud. I can't be heard. Amen? You've got to believe that God wants to do something in your life. Amen? This has got to be your attitude. Job chapter 13 verse 15. Job said this. Though he slay me, though he kill me, yet I will trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. In other words, even if God takes my life right now, I will still trust him in that. We have a hard time trusting God, don't we? Come on. We have a hard time trusting God. I'm going to give you a little saying here and I want you to put into your heart. The word of the Lord came to this widow woman. The word of the Lord has come to you. It was up to her. It was up to you to receive, believe, and proceed. You hearing me? I'm going to say that again because I want you to get that into your heart. You've got to receive it You got to believe it, and then you got to proceed to walk in the faith that God has given you. Amen? Don't don't listen to the sermon and walk out of here and forget everything I said. Amen. Not not that you're gonna remember everything, but remember what the Spirit is trying to tell you. You've got to believe it, you've got to accept it and receive it, and then you've got to proceed to do the thing that God has told you. Second King or 1 Kings 17. 15 through 16. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. Praise God. I'm going to read that again because I don't think you're with me. She and he and her household ate for many days. She and he and her household. Well, pastor, you don't understand. The the salmon count is down, and they're not allowing us to fish, or they're not allowing us to do those things. I mean, I don't know if that's true. I'm just giving you an example. God's going to provide. If the raven can bring meat and bread to Elijah, then a raven can bring you meat and bread. Amen? God will provide your needs. Can I say that again? God will provide. When my daughter comes to the table, she doesn't say, Are we gonna to eat today? You know what she says? She says, What'd you cook, Dad? What'd you cook, Mom? Because she knows that she's gonna get fed. Amen? She has never known hunger. She has never known a time when there was not food on the table. Amen? Because we believe in God and God has always supplied, brothers and sisters. That doesn't mean it's not going to get hard sometimes. Elijah had a heart. We've all had a heart. But I'm telling you today, and I want you to hear me, we have to receive, we have to believe, and then we have to proceed. Amen? And the Bible says the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah I speak to you this morning I prophesy over you that if you give yourself to the Lord if you do what he commands you to do then your jar of oil will not run dry amen your bit of flour will not run dry you will be blessed are you hearing me this morning you will be blessed you will be blessed does that mean we won't be hard oh no life life's gonna get hard I mean that's that's evident. Washington doesn't know what they're doing. Republican or Democrat, they don't know what they're doing. They're bl- they're too busy blaming each other. And you know what's wrong is we have a nation that no longer serves God. But you know, we need to quit worrying about that. And I'm going to say again, that is not because I don't love America or our or anything like that is not what I said. I love America, and I weep for America, but there's got to come a point where our focus is heaven. That's where we're going. Amen? This is not my home. Peter, Peter said this about us. Peter said that we were foreigners. Foreigners. My wife and I were overseas in Germany. And we had to get Julie birth certificate. She was just born and we had to go to Frankfurt. And we got there and it was kind of a cold day because she was born in September. We went, I think, around October and it was cold. And we had to wait in line, long line. And Jenny had just given birth and there was like a three-hour drive to Frankfurt and we had to find a place and everything's written in German, not English, so it made it tougher. So we finally get to the consulate, and we're waiting in line. And this was after September the 11th, so everyone is having to go through this vetting process of before they were allowed entry, and they, they weren't letting anybody in. And uh, I never will forget, the guy leaned out the window, the, the main guard leaned out the window, and he says, are, any, are there any Americans here? are there any Americans here? And my wife and I just kind of went, yes, that's us. You know what he said? He goes, come on, you're first. Come on, come on down. And so as we're walking by, these people started leering at us and grumbling, and I held my head high. I said, yes, I'm an American. I'm walking through, and I was put ahead of everybody else because of my birthright. Amen. Let me tell you this morning, we are going towards a place called heaven, and the Father is sending a Son to look out the window. He said, is there any believers here? Are there any Christians here? Then why don't you come on down? Amen. Come on down. You're welcome, beloved of the Father. You're welcome, beloved of the Father. I was a foreigner in a nation that didn't want me there. But the Lord said, come on home, brother. Come on home, son. Come on home, daughter. Come on home. And that's what the Lord is saying today. I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back for you. Do not fear. I'm getting a little happy up here. See? It's time to put our faith into action. Time to believe, amen? By the way, I want to tell our kids how well you've done today, our children. You've just behaved so well. Thank you. We have great kids here. PJ, you have behaved so well today. I'm so proud of you. And I know your team won yesterday, so I know you're happy about that. Barely. Man, if we only knew what God had for us. But it's time to give ourselves to him. It's time to love him. It's time to be blessed by him. Would you stand with me, please? Can you cut the music for a second? There's this old song that I love to do. I don't think you guys are going to be able to find it back there. Maybe you can, but I want you to try to sing it with me, okay? Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. You'll find He's not too weary. To hear your heart's cry, He's passing by this moment. Your knees, He'll supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as He goes by. You guys got us singing again. Reach out, come on, worship Him, and touch the Lord. As He goes by Your fight is not too weary To hear your heart's cry He's passing by this moment Your needs He'll supply Reach out and touch the Lord As he goes by. Go ahead and put the music back on. Let's praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, here's how we're going to end. You can put the music back on. Here's how we're going to end today. I just feel in my heart that someone needs prayer. That you just need to that affirmation that God is with you. That you need that moment. You need that healing power. Maybe you need healing. I I don't know what it is. Listen, I just want to give you a chance to accept Him. Before we do that, I want all hearts and minds, I want your your eyes closed and I want your heads bowed because I'm going to ask a question. Is there anybody here that you need to accept Jesus into your heart? The way I want you to show me that, I simply want you to raise your hand. If you want to accept Jesus in your heart, raise your hand. Is there anybody I'm asking right now, I see one, anybody else that you need Jesus in your heart? You said, I used to serve him. I used to go to church. I used to do all the things that I'm supposed to do, but I haven't for a long time, and I need to have him in my heart again. I need to be restored. If there's anybody, I want you to just simply raise your hand. Okay? I see hands across. Brothers and sisters, there are people coming into the heart, into the kingdom right now. You're going to be restored. I want everybody to repeat repeat after me. Now listen, it's not the prayer that saves you, but what I'm doing is I'm praying for you, and I want you to repeat after me so I can help you, okay? You still have to believe with your heart. Repeat after me, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not serving you. I give you my heart. I give you everything. You are my Savior. I will live for you. Amen. I counted four people giving their heart to Jesus this morning. Come on. Now. Listen, I don't, I don't like using the word revival because I don't want to use that word loosely. But I, I believe with all my heart we're on the verge of something. Amen. We're on the verge of something. But listen, it's got to be more than me. You've got to want God, not because I told you to, but the Bible says, blessed is that man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Delight. In other words, it's not a chore to serve God. It's a delight. It's like eating cheesecake. It's a delight. Amen? Except for will. Amen. I want you to know how much I love you. I want you to know how much I care for you. And I believe that God's going to move in your life. Say it with me. I believe. Say it with me. I believe. Okay, we're kind of mumbling now. God... God's not hard of hearing, but the devil is. And we want him to know what we're trying to say, okay? I believe that God is going to move in my life. I receive, believe, then proceed. Say it again. Receive, believe, and proceed. Come on, Carleen. Believe, receive, and proceed. Look at your neighbor and say, receive, believe, and proceed. Look at your other neighbor and say, Pastor Keith is pretty. Okay, maybe not. All right, I love you guys. Caroline's going to close us in prayer. Praise God. Glad you're here today. We have a good time today. Um, Let's pray.